Take me back to eight years old, the little church on a dead end road, with the candle flicker in one hand and dad's hand in the other. Take me back to silent nights, my heart was full and the world was right, cause right now the world looks nothing like those innocent Decembers. These days peace on earth is hard to find. the snowflakes falling down like a blanket on this town for a moment we can hardly see the pain this year has brought us may the sick find healings touch may hatreds fight the one with love and may every heart make room for you the one who came to save us cause you're still the She slipped her tiny hand in mine, and we both talked to you. And it took me back to eight years old, my daddy's hand and a story told about heaven's love in the manger low, and a promise that's still true. You're still the hope of Christmas. You're still the light when the world looks dark. You're still the hope of Christmas, and you're still the hope of my heart. You're still the Sidewalk. 
Good morning. Welcome to 1C. Please rise for our first song. may be seated. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophet, 
and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity to be together here in church, to worship with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And as we conclude all of our studies on the clothing of the king, we just pray that you would reveal yourself to us in a brand new way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
All right, a couple greetings we can do. We'll start out with good morning. morning. It's still Christmas, so we can say Merry Christmas. Christmas. And we're very close to being able to say Happy Happy New Year. All of this because of God who loves us. All of this because of God who is so committed, so committed that he sent his son to be a babe born in Bethlehem, but to be born for a purpose. And we'll be talking about that today. Jesus came to save people like you and me. So welcome to all as we gather in God's house. A very special welcome to our guests. We're delighted you're with us in worship. We invite you to come back because we're going to keep on telling the story of God's love for us every single week, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. So come on back. Uh, If you would like to be known, you can actually do it via texting. You could text 1C guest to 94,000, and then you can ask questions, and we can answer those questions and um, maybe get to know each other a little bit more. All right, uh, a lot of announcements. All right, you see, I'm going to start off with this is um, we have a bunch of trees up here. Next week, we're actually going to be taking down the, uh, the trees and the lights and kind of make a transition. Sometimes we've ta- done it a little bit earlier, but this year I was thinking, you know, Epiphany in the church year is actually on January 6th, so it's, it's coming up next week. Epiphany is where that light led the wise men to come and find the birth, uh, the baby Jesus. And so we're going to keep it going until next Sunday, and then right after the 11 o'clock service, we're going to take down the decorations. We'd love for you, if you are able and willing to help, just come to the 11 o'clock service afterward. The more we have to help, the quicker it'll be to be able to put these things away. So just be thinking next week on the 7th to help us take down the the decorations. All right, um, next week also we're going to have a new sermon series. In fact, there's some little sheets on the way out. It's called Fact Check, and we're going to take a look at the Bible Why, you know, and how is that the truth for us to know what the facts are regarding who God is and who are we to be as his children? And so we're going to walk through that. We're going to talk about our faith, our our lifestyle, the decisions we make, and how God's word leads us and guides us. So um, be thinking. Come every week. Listen to this. Be informed and um, learn more about God's word for you and for me. We also have, um, let's see, New Disciple January 28th. It is a, about an hour and a half or so where we get together and talk about what we believe as a church, what you could expect of us as your church, and then you'll also get to hear what are our hopes and dreams for you, especially as we look at God's word and what, what does that say about us being disciples. So that's going to be the 28th. Uh, So we have a couple weeks, but let us know if you're able to come, and we'd love to be ready for you and have that take place. Um, Something brand new um, is is called People in Prayer. I've been thinking about uh, what we could be doing between the services of 9 and 11. And we did um, what's called a deeper dive Bible study. We did that for the first semester. We're going to now, from January through spring until after Easter, have a time where we're going to put some chairs together up here, and whether it's myself or Pastor Randy, we're going to have some scripture, 
and then we're going to have time for prayer. And whether you submit them to us and we pray for you, or maybe you would like to just offer a prayer up um, in that circle. So it's going to be every single Sunday from 10.15 to 10.45 right over here. So if you would like to do that, that would be great. Um, also, the 15th anniversary, 15th anniversary, it's coming quickly. On the 14th, we're going to celebrate it. It's actually January 11th. But on the 14th, we're going to celebrate, and we're going to have some food fellowship, just going down memory lane just a little bit, giving thanks to God for what he's done, what he's doing, and praying for our future. That what we do as God's people would be giving him glory and honor. And so that's going to be taking place, so be thinking that way. Uh, one of the things we're encouraging people to do, if you would like to do a thank offering, we would love for you to be a part of that. One of the needs that we've noticed, you know, even after moving in here about five, six years ago now, is our house lights just don't work very well. So we're going to raise some funds to be able to take care of that. Um, soundboard, we'd like to be able to uh, address technology changes over the years. And so as the Lord moves you, if you would like to give a thank offering gift for the 15th anniversary, that's what those funds will be used for. And let me think what else. Last thing would be um, during the next song, we're going to gather tithes and offerings. Why do we do that? Number one, God has blessed you and me, every single one of us. And he wants us to say thank you. And we could do it so many different ways. Uh, we've done it through the singing of our songs already. We will do it in the lifting up of prayers. You can do it as you serve. Like, let's just say next week you stay after the 11 o'clock service and help us put away Christmas decorations. That's another way to say thanks, thank you, God. But also as we give up our tithes and offerings, and that's our money. As we say thank you to him and let God use that for furthering the ministry and mission here and through 1C. So a basket is going to be passed during the next song. As the Lord leads you, let us all give faithfully and thankfully for what God has done. That's it for announcements. Let's continue to worship. Love incarnate, love divine. Star Story of a baby. 
I hope you and me would continue to say Noel, which is really a Christmas greeting. It is exclaiming and celebrating the fact that Christ came for people like you and me. And as now we prepare for Holy Communion, this is another way in which Christ has come. Yes, as a babe in Bethlehem, but we're told in the Bible that he came to be in, with, and under the bread and wine, which is such a mystery, we can't comprehend it. But God has given us the faith to be able to believe it and to receive it. And in preparation for this beautiful gift, let's take time to confess our sins. And let's use the prayer of confession that's up on the screen. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. And the good news. The reason why we can sing Noel is because of Jesus Christ, because of his suffering, death, and resurrection, 
Your sins have been paid for. And his resurrection means we also have a victory. Today, right now, but ultimately in the glories of heaven. So may that good news empower you and strengthen you as we continue, well, to go from 2023 into 2024. He will be with you. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper. And after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. We continue now with the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Jesus, may you receive the honor that 
me this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Father, we ask you this morning that you would hear our prayers. We bring them in faith. Please pray for my sister Teresa and my wife Sharon and my whole family. Take care of them, Jesus and watch over them. Thank you. Prayers for the Tom Reader family, and may they find peace knowing Tom is resting in your loving arms. A prayer for Scott. Watch over him as he recovers from a recent electrical accident. Help his injuries heal and bless him and his family as they deal with his injuries during this difficult time. And Jesus, a prayer for comfort for my grandma as she transitions to her heavenly home. May she go with peace and with no pain. Father, we ask that you will hear these prayers this morning. We have this one from uh, a granddaughter and that's recovering from a heart surgery, a long recovery ahead of him. These are the prayers we bring to you and we would say this, Jesus, that in your mercy, you would hear our prayers. Join me now as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, hello, everybody. You miss me, right? I miss you guys. Hey, kids, why don't you come sit on the down on the floor? Come down. Let's move it. Come on. Oh, kids, I have great story such day my mommy told me last night the story of you wise men do you know that story i cannot hear you do you know that story no, no you don't story tell you three old wise men they come they Jesus gifts nice ones so I was thinking I really want to figure out what the gifts are one was gold one was frankincense and one was myrrh <laughs> 
I'm thinking last night I no sleep because I think gold, I know what that is. But what in the world is frankincense? And myrrh, that's very weird, right? Am I right? I was thinking, in my sleepy time, I was thinking maybe um, frankincense is, um, sounds like Frankenstein, right? So maybe Frankenstein, oh, I know, Frankenstein sweat, sense, you know. So maybe Frankenstein go running, put that sweat in a jar, boom, frankincense. That's gotta be it. But no myrrh. Hmm. Myrrh. Oh, myrrh fur. Maybe it's a fur, kids. Mermaid fur. No, no. Monkey fur. Monkey fur. But I mean, really, monkey fur, that's a good present. That's soft. Smells like pine needles, I think. Yes. Wait. It smells good, monkey fur. Okay, Jesus got gold, Frankenstein sweat, and monkey fur. So we need to think of a good gift to give Jesus, kids, because I want to give him a good present, okay? Now I need some help to think of a good present, because even though I have a lot of talents, like my rapier wit, my handsome good looks, I cannot give that to Jesus, so I need to get some help from some wise kids like the wise men. Are you guys wise? Yeah. I knew it. You know, no one's ever called me wise. I can't figure out why, but I need your help, okay? Okay, so let's think. A gift better than Frankenstein's sweat. Hmm. Oh, I know. I can give him my cousin Arnold. He's a monkey. He's got monkey fur, and he smells like Frankenstein. Do you think that will work? Yeah, you're probably right. Arnold would probably have something to say about that. Um, what's, what else could we do? Oh, you know, last night I, I went on Amazon and I searched special gifts for that special someone. And uh, Amazon thinks I should give Jesus candles and fuzzy socks. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think that's it either, Amazon. Oh, I know, kids. Everybody wants the iPhone 15 and the AirPods, right? I will get Jesus an iPhone. So maybe I cannot give Jesus anything. I don't know, you guys. I just got no ideas. I guess I cannot give Jesus anything for Christmas. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I got an idea. What if, I, what if I prayed and asked God if he could give me an idea of what he wants from me for Christmas? I could do that, right? Let's do it. Will you, will you pray with me? Yeah. No, I don't feel so alone. Okay, let's pray. <clears throat> Dear God, what do you want from me for Christmas? I think I heard something in my head. 
Did you? No, I think. Well, maybe it was my, my fuzzy Murhart. But kid, I think he just wants my heart. I know, right? That is virtually free. But if that's all he wants, I think I can do that. How about you? I got a maybe, a hallelujah, and a maybe. I'll take it. Well, kids, I don't know why God just wants my heart for Christmas instead of my cousin Arnold, but I'm going to give it to him. If you want to give it, your heart to Jesus too, say amen. That was very, very pathetic. <laughs> Let's hear it, everybody. Give me an amen. amen. Okay, now kids, will you pray with me to give our hearts to Jesus for Christmas before I go tell my mom about my present for tell your moms and dads about this special present and I will go tell my mom about cousin Arnold and how we might need to wrap him up. I might not give him to Jesus but I could give him to my neighbors. Bye everybody! Yep, George. Uh, you know the, the story of Christmas I mean, everything that's around it, I don't know what pictures come in your mind. Uh, back when we did Candy Cane Lane just a couple weeks ago, we had um, lots of different people that brought in some of their nativity scenes. And maybe you had a chance to see them, but you can walk to each one, and it's interesting, just the, the picture that comes to mind for some people of what it was like back at the birth of Christ. And so I asked Carrie, you know, would you kind of find some images? So let's just kind of walk through them. Maybe, maybe these are familiar images to you. That's, a, again, a very beautiful painting. There we have the wise men. Um, uh, here's another one. Next one. Okay, that's uh, totally different, but pretty cool. Uh, here's another one. There's another one. Okay. All right. Lots of different pictures and images. And I just want to tell you that we don't know a lot about the wise men. We really don't. In fact, let me just share with you a couple portions of the scripture text from Matthew chapter 2. And this is what we know. It says, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. So let's just think about that. Wise men. Uh, some translations will say magi. Uh, what, what were they? Who were they exactly? We, we don't know. We have some ideas. You know, they came from the east, so they could be from all kinds of different places, right? Uh, secondly, we find, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. So there was some kind of light or star that kind of led them to go to Jerusalem and then to Bethlehem. And then the third thing is they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense 
and myrrh. So that's really all we know about them. Now, if you go into the rest of scriptures, and if you even go into what's called extra-biblical history or information, you, you might start getting a little bit more of an understanding of who they might be. But I'm going to tell you, from Matthew chapter 2, this is the only place that we hear specifically that these people came, and they came to Jesus. We don't know. We don't know how many there were. Almost every image that we've seen shows three. Some of them will show that they were on camels. Well, we don't know if they were on camels. There's just a lot of things we don't know. But the one thing we do know is that these individuals took a risk. And um, I'm going to give you a definition of risk, and then I'm going to ask you if you've ever taken a risk and raise your hand. But uh, let me give you uh, uh, the noun. Risk is a situation involving exposure to danger. Or how about the verb? Next slide, yeah, expose someone or something valued to danger, harm, or loss. And let's stop there for a second. And think about those, in a situation involving exposure to danger or um, expose someone or something of value to danger. How many of you ever taken a risk? Every one of us. I'm going to tell you, um, sometimes just going outside the house can be a risk. Sometimes getting married is a risk. Sometimes having kids can be a risk. Sometimes moving can be a risk. Sometimes, I mean, you can go through the big, long list. And there is a saying that I will often, in my office, tell people. And I think this is a a truism. And this is a, a quote. Never risk more than the potential gain. So think about that for a second. Never risk more than the potential gain. And I always tell people that there is this kind of a meter thing. If you think the gain is up here, be willing to risk maybe all the way up to there. But if you think the gain is down here, that there's not anything good in this, don't risk more than that, than the gain. And I see that in light of people and Uh, decisions they make in life. So I think about these wise men, these magi, these individuals that traveled a a very long distance, right? We don't know exactly how far, the Bible doesn't tell us, but we'll just say maybe 800, 900 miles they traveled. And they didn't know exactly what they were going to find, but they knew that there was a potential gain. All right, uh, back in, um, before Christ and actually into the life of Christ, there were four main um, kingdoms, so to speak, or empires that existed. There was the Babylonian Empire. There's the Medo-Persian Empire. There was the Greek Empire. There was the Roman Empire. In fact, when you look at the life of Christ, right, it was the Roman Empire that was in force. But once upon a time, In fact, if we could put up the next slide, 597 B.C., what was called the Babylonian captivity. This is where something took place in the life of God's people that was, well, it was kind of risky, and it was something that was done to them. Um, Nebuchadnezzar, 
and this is, again, part of the Babylonian Empire, um, he came and just decimated Jerusalem. In fact, in 586, the temple went down. And then over a period of time, God's chosen people were taken away from Jerusalem. And Judah, right, the, the 12, uh, 10 tribes, were then taken away into captivity, and they were actually dispersed. And they were put all over the place. And it looked as if, boy, this is not looking good. But as we look at God's word, God had actually predicted and prophesied that this was going to happen to God's people, but that God would then ultimately rescue them. So God's word was still there. But here's where I'm, I'm trying to connect some of the dots. And just, again, permit me. We don't have exactly for sure how this could have worked, but just picture God's chosen people who have heard the promise of the Messiah. They've heard about what the Messiah is going to do, where the Messiah is going to be born, how is it going to impact this world, this Messiah. Now they're out beyond Jerusalem into different areas. And now we think about the Babylonian Empire, which was a very um, large empire, covered lots of territory. And in the Babylonian Empire, there were, there were some pagan priests that were called magi. And these magi really specialized in the occult. Okay? They specialized in looking at stars and learning from the stars. That's all they really had. Can you imagine these magi bumping into Jewish people who have now been dispersed into their world and starting to hear the good news? One of the people that is very prominent in the Old Testament when it comes to prophecy is the person named Daniel. And if you follow his story, he went through a whole bunch of different things in his life. But can you imagine that the, the message of the Messiah was all of a sudden shared with some magi who started to wrestle with, what does this mean? What does this look like? Now these magi, I said they're a tribe, it really is a tribe, but they were prominent, they were wise, they were respected, they were revered. And then just by chance, that's probably how the world would say it, but these magi bumped into God's chosen people. These magi bumped into the prophecy about the, magi, about the Messiah that is to come. And then God, in a miraculous way, stirred with whatever number of magi there were. No matter, you want to call them kings or wise men or whatever. But God moved them to take a risk. To go from where they were to a different place. Somewhere that they didn't really understand. So they were willing to risk danger. I know we, we travel today, right? We could travel easily for 800, 900 miles. And we have so many different ways to do it, right? Cars, planes, you name it. These magi could very well have been walking, taking months, maybe even a year, to go to a place 
that was, was, was just told to them. Yes, this Messiah, this anointed one, this, this person is going to be born. And all of a sudden they're moved to go there. So let me walk you through what I think took place in the life of these wise men or magi. Here's just a list. To read and believe God's word. So they heard the word of God from that group that was dispersed. You know, maybe they even read it because they were educated so they could learn. Secondly, there was something inside of them that said, we need to seek this. There is something remarkable about, remarkable about this story. And we're going we're gonna to risk and we're going to go seek this Messiah, this person. Thirdly, to recognize the worth of Christ. And you see it in the fact that when they get there, and they come in the presence of this Jesus, they kneel. And they humbled themselves before the Messiah. And then lastly, obeying God rather than man. And part of that comes back, if you hear the story, when they bumped into Herod and they talked to Herod, Herod said, hey, when you find the Messiah, you come back here and you tell me where you found him so that we can go and worship him. But they were warned not to do that. So instead of obeying mankind, which was Herod, a king, they decided to go back by another route. This is the story of those, well, as, as I had in my theme, wise men and women still seek him and worship him more than anything. And I'm going to maybe raise a couple questions um, and answer them. And the one right here is, why worship Jesus? Why did the magi, why did the wise men do it? Well, again, remember, they heard that word of God somehow, and something started happening in their heart. And then they were willing to risk. They were willing to uh, be compelled to travel a long distance because of the worth of this Messiah. Now, I believe there's three dynamics. We worship Jesus for who he is. The Bible tells us very clearly, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And we sing the Christmas carols, and we think about that word Emmanuel, but do you understand what that means? The God that is powerful enough to make the heavens and the earth, the God who spoke into being everything, said, I'm going to be with you. And this is the God of the past, and I would encourage you Think back in your life of where God has showed up and had blessed you. Maybe during very difficult times. Or maybe it was during really good times where God showed up. And I believe the more we do that, the more of a heart of worship we will have. But conversely, when we start forgetting the God who has been with us, the God who has been so faithful, we start letting our minds stray to other things and other places. So number one, 
Remember the God who's been with us. Uh, secondly, worship Jesus for what he has done. And from 2 Timothy, we're told who, and this is referring to Jesus, saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And I know it, maybe it's a challenge, but it's important for us to, yes, look into the past, but look at the present. Do you know that present tense, you are saved? Not just 2,000 years ago, not when Jesus died on a cross, but that you are saved right here, right now. He has done everything necessary. Like I mentioned on Christmas Eve, you cannot take these two things and pull them apart. The manger and the cross are part of the same story. Without one, the other one has no significance. Those were put together and done for you in a very present tense. So if you're sitting here today, and maybe you saw God do something in the past, and maybe you're having a hard time seeing him doing something now because it's really difficult. Know that God's word says that God is faithful. Know that God says he will always be with you. And that means present tense. And he will always follow you. And then thirdly, worship Jesus for what he will do. I don't know about you, but sometimes my cup uh, feels a little half empty. And I can't see past today. Or maybe even tomorrow. But the one thing that we do know that is certain is that God is faithful. In Ephesians, we're told, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Faithful throughout all generations. He did that, well, he started with Adam and Eve. Their sin dramatically changed the relationship that they had with their God. But God says, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to do something about this. And from generation to generation to generation, and it will be to the very end of time and beyond, God will always be faithful. He will always be faithful. I want to share with you Romans 12, but then give you a couple different versions of it. It says here, Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So that's the ESV. And I, I grew up for many years reading the NIV. And these are, these are the words of the NIV. It says, in view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy. Or in the message version, it says, Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Do you live life, do I live life, in view of God's mercy? And I'm going to say with certainty, we, we don't all the time. 
we get very distracted. We don't look at God's mercy. Sometimes we, we look at things from our vantage point, through our filter. And how do we get that vantage point of viewing in God's mercy? It goes back to that, um, that list. Read and believe God's word. Seek Jesus. Recognize the worth of Christ. Humble yourself and obey God rather than man. Now, if you go through that list and it's up there, this is exactly what Jesus did when he walked on the face of the earth. He knew the scriptures. He knew what God had to say about what the Messiah is going to do. And he followed it to the T. And he did not stray from that. He sought the will of God, not his own will. He recognized, well, what God thinks about the world and says, I'm going to give my own son and he's going to be the Lamb of God. And he humbled himself even to the point of death. And he was going to obey God rather than man. So here's my challenge for you. If you're struggling having God's mercy in view, if your humanity is like mine and we get a little bit off-centered, recommit in 2024 to be and have in view of God's mercy more. Read the Bible more. Read what God has to say, not what the world says. Don't live according to the world's values, but listen to what God says. Seek Jesus in everything you do. Sometimes we're like, well, how does that fit? I mean, I am one of the most guilty people when it comes to making a decision. I bring it up into my head and try to figure out what the decision is. And I know it's a cliche, and some of you, um, I remember the, there was a time where everybody was wearing these little bands, that WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? What would he want you to do in marriage, in parenting, at your workplace, at school, in your community, with your neighbors? What would you do? Take time to recognize the worth of Christ. What it means for you right now and also for eternity in heaven. Really ponder that. Humble yourself. In other words, don't think of yourself more highly than you should but to humble yourself before the king of kings and then obey God rather than man. And that just brings you back to the cycle of listening to God's word, following what he has to say. So if you would, take this challenge personally. May 2024 be a year that is spiritually defining for you. Wherever your walk is with Jesus today, May it be stronger tomorrow and the next day. And the God who has been with you from the past is the God who's with you in the present and the God who's going to be with you in the future. And you can trust him always. I'd like to invite you now, and we're going to share in the creed, and this is our opportunity to boldly declare to everyone, this is what we believe. So please stand. Together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us bring him silver. 
to us the rich the poor the weak the rulers and the thieves yet none was worthy of this sacrifice how could we understand that heaven's holy lamb had come to bear the cross oh in Bethlehem a child putting decorations up in front of my old church the shepherds and the wise men and the hay there's joseph and his mary looking down at heaven's birth and the angels saying don't you be afraid it makes me stop and think about how you showed up down story wouldn't be 
That I forever loved So much meaning It was always enough More than the lights On a Christmas tree More than the gifts It's the birth of our king You never know What will come your way You see the joy But you feel the pain This one goes out To the broken souls I just want you to Christmas hits different this year You don't have to smile, I know how you feel If Christmas hits different this year Take a second just to hear the sounds And cherish everyone that's with us right now And everyone we're missing right now If Christmas is different this year one goes out to the broken souls I just want you to know if Christmas hits different